It's Friday, August 27th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the Indians uh, come up big with the offense on uh, Thursday night. They take the series from the Texas Rangers, 10-6, to the final in, in game three. And it was a, a night for uh, some big home runs. Miles Straw with a leadoff home run. But the, uh, the big blow, in the at least in the first inning, uh, Bradley Zimmer uh, reaching new heights. On, uh, he's already got a 471-foot home run uh, to his credit this year. Uh, Thursday night's home run only went 465 feet and only landed in the mezzanine deck in right field. Just what a shot, Joe. And, I, you know, we were talking. We were both at the game last night. We were talking how those two, sim, those two swings were, were so similar, you know, they, he got, you know, and, and Zimmer talked about that after the game and, uh, and you wrote about it this morning. What, what, how did you interpret that? What he said? I mean, what he's saying is the work that he's done in the cages and in the off season is trying to keep his swing, you know, short and quick to the ball to get, to make contact out in front and to let his long arms and that bat speed that he can generate out on the end of his swing, you know, work to his advantage. Uh, he, 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 he said it's a blessing and a curse to have big long arms like he has. You know, if pitchers catch on, they can pitch him inside, tie him up, you know, make life miserable for him on the inside part of the plate. But they're doing him a favor by pitching him, you know, out over the plate, out uh, away, and letting him uh, get to the ball and extend those arms. And, and when he does, that ball goes a long way, as we, we saw last night. Yeah, you know, I've talked to scouts, and they said the best way to pitch Zimmer is, is up and in, get under his hands. And, you know, he basically said that last night. And, uh, you, know, you know, the work he's done maybe is letting him get to the ball faster and try to get it, like Charlie Manuel always said, hit the ball out in front of you. You know, don't let it get too deep in, on you. Or, you know, if you, but if you hit the ball out in front, you're going to drive it. And God, the ball just jumps off this guy's bat when, when he does that. It's, it's incredible. Right. It's not a fair comparison to, to compare him to Jim Tomey. But I'll tell you what, the two swings that we're talking about here, the 471-foot home run back on the ninth uh, against the, the Reds that went to dead center field, uh, and the 465-footer last night that was down the line and you know looked like it was, it was going to be on the concourse uh, eventually there. It was a high towering drive. Uh, those were Jim Tomey-like swings. You know, those were the, the ball jumping off the bat like that. I went back and watched old video of, I was looking for the video of when Tommy hit the ball into the, uh, the mezzanine deck in 1995. No, it was nice. Yeah. It was 1995 uh, in the ALCS against the Mariners. And that, that home run wasn't even as far as, as Zimmer's ball went because that just reached like the first couple of rows, the, uh, the auxiliary press box out there in right field, uh, in 2015, they cut about 10 to 15 rows off of that so that people on the concourse below could see the field. So Jim Tomey's ball nowadays wouldn't have even reached that second deck. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that used to be Pronkville, right? And, uh, and I don't know if Travis could reach that now. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if he would have how much. He I'm sure Travis that. could reach it, but in a, in a game, yeah. to do it in a game is something different, right? Yeah, that was, uh, 
man, that was a well, shot and uh, just an impressive, an impressive home run. And uh, he's got the two longest home runs in, in this season and by the Indians. And it's just been a, uh, you know, a good story. I think just the way he's kind of come back. He's, he's uh, Zimmer has uh, overcome a lot of physical injuries. You know, he's a former number one pick. And he said, you know, that, like he was talking to us last night that, Hey, if the train doesn't stop, the baseball train doesn't stop. When you get hurt, it keeps pulling along and the next guy behind you gets the shot. And while you're rehabbing and spending two years rehabbing, that means a lot of different guys are going to kind of pass you by and, and you got to work extra hard just to get back in the picture and, and let the organization know you're still there. Yeah, it, it is a great story. And I'll tell you if, if Ahmed Rosario wasn't, out of his mind hitting the baseball all over the place uh, since the all-star break uh, Zimmer would be leading the team in, in total hits uh, since the all-star break. He's, he's way up there. And he's, I, I think the stat was, it was like 22 out of 30 some games. He's, he's got to hit. Uh, it's, it's impressive that, you know, this is a guy who wasn't necessarily a, a big power hitter. He wasn't, he was, he could he didn't know what he was. It was, was he a power hitter? Was he a contact hitter? Uh, you know, whatever it, it's, it's sort of like, now he's he's figuring himself out at the plate, and it's just taken this long because of all those injuries. Uh, DeMarlo Hale said, you know, look at his last at-bat of the night where the ball jumped off his bat. He had a rocket to shortstop uh, that, that scored a run uh, there, and then, and then Franville got thrown out at third, which I think was hilarious. <laughs> but uh, that same type of, of thing, you know, he, he drove the ball to left field or to the left side, and and hit it hard and that's that's all all you can really ask if Zimmer's hitting the ball hard good things are going to happen especially with his speed yeah and uh, you know we've seen him go to the left field a lot a lot more than I, I can remember him doing it you know I and I wondered why you know and he still has the bunt part you know that short game that he can bunt you know and because he has the speed so I think you're just seeing a guy getting more confident in his game that he doesn't have to try to hit every ball you know, 465 feet that he can go to left field when the pitch is there and he can help the team that way as well. So it's, it's an interesting development because, you know, physically he, to me, he's always been a great athlete that was kind of, you know, you didn't know if he was a, a big league ball player, you know, there's a right. difference. And now he seems to be melding the two together. Well, and you and I were talking on our way out of the ballpark late last night. You know, this this version of Bradley Zimmer, this uh, sort of incarnation of him, is he your starting right fielder next year next to Miles Straw in center? I mean, do you have two-thirds of your outfield, you know, equation squared away? I, I got to believe they would still like to get a, another bat at, at some point somewhere. But, boy, Zimmer's making it hard to, you know, put him off to the side again. Yeah, and Antonetti, Chris Antonetti said – the other day, you know, he's shown us he can, what, impact the game defensively, impact the game with his power, impact the game with his speed, you know, and, you know, the Indians have been searching for an outfielder for a long time since Michael Brantley, I guess, the last, you know, really kind of, you know, the guy that could swing the bat, go get the ball, at least before he hurt his shoulder, uh, you know, a guy that could impact the game in more ways than one, and, you know, Zimmer seems to be that guy. I mean, he's He's not, it doesn't look like he's going to be like a 280 to 300 
kind of batting average. You know, it, it looks funny. It looks like he can do a lot of different things, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I think his, you know, he's definitely has to be under consideration. And the one thing is Joe, he's not going to break the bank bank either. Right. He's, he's going to be eligible for arbitration at the end of this year, but you know, it's not going to, he's not going to be a, like a jump into the stratosphere salary wise. Right. Speaking of guys that, you know, impact the game in a variety of ways, Jose Ramirez again, Last night, uh, he's on base, four out of five trips to the plate, a couple of hits, uh, running the bases, again, just like a madman. Uh, Stole three bases. He was the first three-steal game for an Indians player since Rajay Davis in 2018 had three steals. Uh, He's making things happen and, and basically carrying this offense. Uh, Jose Ramirez again showing why he's you know been the top three MVP finalists for uh, three out of the last four years. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I I was wondering, you know, if you were if you were a kid watching that game, you know, that little you're if you're you know like 10, 12, 13 years old, young like kids at the Little League World Series, yeah. And and you know, you see him kick the ball in the third inning, two runs score. You see him make that error that you know, like that error and, you know, two runs scored, the, t- the Rangers tied the game up. And then you just see him like that, that didn't bother him. And that's, to me, that's what's so great about baseball. You, you always get a second chance. And I know, you know, I know you uh, in, in, in any sport, you get a second chance, you know, but in baseball, it's kind of plotted out. If you're a regular, okay, you screwed up in the first, first thing. Well, you know, you're going to get four more at bats to make it right. And, and he never, you know, he just seemed like that error almost kind of, you know, fueled him for the rest of the game. I mean, you know, he, he got, a, like you said, he, he was on base four out of five times. He got two hits. He scored three runs, stole three bases. And uh, I thought that was just a great example of a guy that, you know, was not uh, waylaid by one bad play. Yeah, I, I wonder if, you know, the he had a steal in the first inning, but you know, and then the, the air came after that, but then the next two times up, it was like, he was off on the first pitch. And you wonder if Sandy Alomar over there at first base, you know, had, had given the guys a clue. I think Austin Hedges had a steal, you know, his yeah, first stolen right. base in, in like three years. So uh, maybe uh, Jose Trevino, the, the catcher for the Rangers, you know, uh, maybe they had something on him. Maybe they had something on the pitcher, uh, Jordan Lyles, but whatever it was, Jose was off and running. And once they smell blood in the water, uh, you know, that was it. But, you know, maybe because Jose made those mistakes early, he was, he was more aggressive there. Uh, like you said, he, he, like you said, in the headline of the story, he, he atoned for his sins there, uh, you know, and then some. Yeah. And he would have had four steals. Uh, he had that second base stolen, I think in the eighth inning when Framel fouled the ball off, you know, he was, he was two feet away from second base when Trammell, uh, you know, tried to go to right field with the on our hit and run, but he had that base stolen too. Yeah, that was that was a two strike uh, breaking ball to Franmill, and he uh, he sort of reached out and flicked it. And you can't can't blame Franmill for that. No. I mean, he's got to protect there, but but uh, you know, just interesting to watch. Uh, Miles Straw in center field again turned in another uh, diving play. These are becoming regular. Boy, uh, you know. I, I saw a lot of Kenny Lofton on TV. You saw a lot of him in his prime in person, uh, just the way he patrolled out there in center field and nothing ever dropped in front of him. 
he was always diving and always laying out and always making those catches. It just seems like now when a line drive is hit to center field, we expect Miles Straw to catch that ball. Yeah, he, uh, you know, like I, I always, you know, I when you talk about center fielders, I, I think about what Terry Francona always said. Uh, when a good center fielder, you know, gives you the confidence that whenever a ball is hit out that way, a fly ball, you know it's going to be caught. And I think you feel that way with uh, Straw. When, when, when he doesn't catch it, it's a surprise. Right. And, you know, to an extent, when Zimmer was out there patrolling, he could – he could get the balls too. Uh, I just think with the with the injury history, why not put him in right field and have him play play right? And you know his arm is 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 pretty good as well, so you can put him there. Uh, I, I just like Straw in in center field uh, a lot better than any of the other candidates uh, that, that they've got in that situation. Yeah, the Indians, you know, had this guy. I think uh, they 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 had his name circled in in red in a red. Uh, red Sharpie going into this deadline. And I think they wanted him. They knew they needed him. They did you know, he fills two roles right now as a leadoff hitter and the center fielder. And uh, he certainly has, you know, lived up to both, both ends of the deal so far. Yeah. Uh, looking really good. Uh, last night, uh, pitching wise, Sam Hentges, not the, uh, not the greatest outing uh, gave up what four runs in uh, four innings. But, you know, got through. I, I thought the real standout last night was Trevor Steffen, who came in and and really, you know, was lights out for two innings for the Indians. And this is his second, uh, you know, straight outing in, in that sort of, uh, you know, first guy up role uh, in the you know, in a bullpen type game. And, and Steffen really showed last night, especially with his slider. He was he was lights out. Yeah, he did, uh, uh, you know, he did that against the Angels when he relieved Henkes, three scoreless, I think, in, in that 3 nothing win. And uh, then he goes two and two-thirds last night, strikes out four guys, gives up the home run. But, you know, that's a tough job, and that's really something that they haven't had for a long time. They haven't had that that guy can, that can go two or three innings. You know, they really haven't built, built their bullpens that way. They, you know, they've always had, because of the starters, that they usually have, they don't need a long guy, but this, you know, you know, Stefan, uh, you know, keeps, uh, you know, can, can fill that role. He can go one inning. And the thing that impressed me, Joe, is like Henkes is a rookie. Uh, uh, Stefan is a rookie. Then Emmanuel class a is still, you know, qualified as a rookie. And the only veteran that pitched last night was, was Whitgren. So, you know, that, that, that kind of, that's it. You know, you can see where these guys are headed. The, the the Indians are, are headed when they're when they're when they start putting that bullpen together next year. Yeah, the uh, Brian Shaw kind of skews the uh, the age uh, yeah. the average age in the uh, the bullpen there with the, with these guys or the average experience uh, because he's so old. But um, uh, yeah, you can definitely see they've got a plan for next year. I, I guess Stefan is filling that role that uh, Phil Maton. Uh, yeah, you know, sort of filled that they haven't had that since they traded away Maton for Straw uh, at the trade deadline. But you know, maybe things are starting to click in this rookie season where they're trying to you know get get Steph in the Rule Five uh, selection, get him through the year on the major league roster. So, I mean, it's it's impressive uh, that he he's been able to turn in both of those two back to back outings like that. Uh, 
we we mentioned uh, you know the, the standout performances from last night. The again, you won a series that you probably should have won three games if you're looking at it with the the Rangers the way that they've struggled. Uh, and you've got Boston coming in now in uh, in second place in the wild card standings. Uh, what several games ahead still of the Indians in, in that regard, uh, but yeah, eight, eight games or eight games eight games there. ahead. So yeah, there's there's not a lot of threat there, but uh, you know Boston trending the opposite way of where they they want to be trending at this point in the season. Yeah, they're five and five coming into this series over the last ten games, Joe. They just took uh, I think two out of three from the Twins. And uh, the Indians are going to get kind of a, a snoot full of some uh, pretty good pitchers. And, you know, Rodriguez and, and uh, Evaldi, the first two games of this series. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they, you know, kind of handle this challenge. Right. And, you know, from the Indian side of it, they're going with Logan Allen tonight. Uh, he was the, the mystery guest, the surprise starter, the, uh, the, the call up last uh, the other day when, when Tristan went on the, um, the injured list. Uh, Oh, also, we didn't mention uh, Ernie Clement on the uh, on the injured list. Ten days, uh, they're awaiting some some testing there to to see uh, possibility there. So um, we'll we'll find that out. But um, they're without Clement. They've called up J.C. Mejia uh, sensibly to back up Logan Allen in this start. We could probably see him, uh, you know, tonight, depending on how deep Allen gets into the game. Uh, it, it's going to be a challenge for Logan Allen with this Boston lineup. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You know, Allen has struggled. Um, he struggled since the get go, really. You know, he, he made the, had the great spring training, you know, made the rotation come, uh, you know, the, made the op- rotation, the opening day rotation, you know, made five starts, got knocked around, got sent down, then spent some time on the IL at Columbus. Uh, so, you know, we haven't really seen him, you know, we haven't seen him pitch. He was, he was up before this just recently, but got sent as a depth guy, but didn't get to pitch. Now he's getting his shot. So he's going to get it against a good team. And, uh, you know, hopefully he, he, you know, he can, he can give them some, you know, four or five innings, four or five, six innings. And then you've got JC Mejia, you know, he's kind of, I guess he would be the emergency guy if, uh, right. if there's an early exit. And, uh, you know, JC is, is there an emergency is a guy? tough go too. Is there an emergency guy for the emergency guy? Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, I think if the, if the Indians get five innings out of Logan Allen tonight, they'll be turning cartwheels in the tunnel. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, pretty exceptional. Hey, wanted to mention uh, news out of Major League Baseball, Trevor, Trevor Bowers' administrative leave uh, and suspension. Uh, continues uh, was continued for another week. I think this is the sixth or seventh time that the the leave has been extended. Uh, that's going to go through September third. Of course, um, you know Bauer still uh, under investigation for uh, the uh, the allegations against him of uh, of, of abuse and uh, sexual battery. Um, so you know that's still going on there. And on the other side of the country, uh, Francisco Lindor is back playing with the New York Mets. Uh, Lindor, one for 11 since returning uh, from his, what, uh, oblique muscle injury. Yeah. Uh, batting 224 in the season. Uh, right now, who would you rather have at shortstop, Francisco Lindor or Ahmed Rosario? 
Yeah, I know I your mean, answer is going to be Lindor. It's got to be Lindor, right? <laughs> Rosario has made, has been the best player in that deal, Joe. I mean, you know, they just on both sides of the trade. I mean, he has just been. I think he's one of the biggest surprises in baseball. Really, you know, you you yeah. look at this, you look at uh, you know what the what the comments were when the deal was made. You know, we heard he was a disaster defensively. That you know, there's no way he could play short shortstop. That you know, the other shortstop that, that was coming over, uh, Andres uh, Jimenez, was, had beat him out for the shortstop when he, last year with the Mets. And all Rosario's done is just uh, played great. I mean, both sides of the ball, uh, he gives you a threat on the bases. Uh, and, you know, uh, admittedly, he was a little shaky at times defensively. But, you know, I, Joe, I think he's played great since uh, the All-Star break for the last – you know, he's just uh, – he's put on a show. He puts on a show every night. Yeah, he's, he's got, what, like 53 hits, 54 hits since the All-Star break. Uh, he's he's uh, having an impressive year. Does he garner uh, consideration for comeback player of the year? I mean, this is a guy who lost his starting job in New York last season to, to Andres Jimenez. Uh, he, he was on the bench. He's a former, you know, top prospect in baseball. And – he, he was he was benched for a rookie and now he's back and then taking the job from the same rookie on a different team and and you know playing well yeah I mean I, I think he's got to be in the running for that I mean I don't know if he'll get that kind of consideration you know because he wasn't you know he, there, he wasn't, there wasn't injured. an injury involved and all that stuff right. that but uh, he certainly has uh, opened some eyes here because you know, the scouting reports the Indians got on him were not, when they made the deal, especially defensively, were not favorable. No. All right. Well, our eyes are open as the uh, Red Sox come into town. We will cover the series uh, beginning tonight at Progressive Field and have a wrap-up for you on Monday here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.